but it's so important that you create a plan ahead of time and start considering because safety and security is going to be one of those hot areas that a lot of team members are going to be considering. What your plan is, what are you going to do to make sure that you are protecting them because they want to feel protected too. There's so many adjustments that we'll make for our clients, but we won't make for our team members. And we don't want to do that. We want to make our team members feel like they're just as important as the clients. So what protection measures are there for the team members? How many languages do you speak? One, two, four? I know how to teach you how to speak four languages. Now, I know you're probably thinking, what languages can she teach me? Maybe English, Spanish. I think Japanese is really cool. Mandarin. But no, these languages that I want to teach you are languages that are going to make you effective in your business and marketing, even in how you lead and support the people that you're around. It'll help you have effective relationships and realize how to really motivate and inspire people and talk to them in a way to get them excited. I want you to schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org. If you're a leader of a team, if you have a team that is having issues with conflict, if you're an individual just trying to take your business to the next level or your relationships to the next level, you need this tool because it's going to be so effective that you're going to see the transformation that happens around you. So schedule a consultation with me at info at AishaThomas.org or go to AishaThomas.org, scroll down to the bottom and click on that link for individual consultation. And let's get started on transforming your communication, collaboration, and reducing the conflict that you might face. What's up, guys? Thank you for joining me on another episode of Internal Fire. And we've had some amazing guests on, but we're going to bring that back next week. But this week, I wanted to take a quick pause because as I was reflecting, as my children start school back up next week, I wanted to do a check-in and give leaders three strategies to make sure your new normal plan is effective. Yes, new normal. It's not going to be back to normal. There have been people that have gone through a lot of things, stressors, ups and downs. So to assume that your team members are just going to go back to the workplace, back to the office and just go back to normal, we have to recognize that it's not going to be the same. So we have to make adjustments to create a new normal. So I want you guys to get a notepad, get your pens, get your palm palette, get your blackberries, all that good stuff. So you guys can take down these three strategies to really help your team members and yourself create a new normal post-COVID. This pandemic has forced this great work from home experiment. How do you think it's going so far? Um, I think it's going a heck of a lot better than anybody anticipated it would. A realization real estate mogul and Shark Tank guru Barbara Corcoran says is likely to outlast the current crisis. This is my work day. It starts here and ends here and my life's with my family starts here. I think that blending of lines uh, and the constant intrusion of uh, emails, text, uh, both work and personally related blending together is a difficult challenge for people. Um, but I think, too, I really think that people are going to come out of this long term. Maybe I'm convincing myself of this, but I, I feel so myself. Uh, a greater sense of what's important in life. So as I mentioned, my young ones are returning back to school next week. 
And although they're starting off virtual, at some point they're going to start offering face-to-face or having them go to face-to-face. Go to face-to-face means depending on what options parents decided. However, just like most you know, individuals that might be slightly concerned about how these school districts are going to handle it, what do you do? You go online, you do your research, you see what plan they have in place. A lot of districts, a lot of districts in multiple states really took time to analyze and assess and make the decisions based off of, you know, what the district lead said, what was happening within that state, what was happening with the federal government and based off of the guidelines put out there by the CDC and so on. And of course, most parents went out to see kind of like, how are they going to do it? Because they needed to know and really plan to make sure they made the best decision possible for themselves, for their children, and also considering their safety. So why is it that we don't take the same precautions when it comes to how we are leading and we're transitioning back into the workplace? I'm not saying that everyone is, but there are some places that had this expectation that once everybody returns back to work, it's going to go back to normal. However, there is a new normal. There is a new way things are going to kind of, you know, move moving forward. And there's still a concern about COVID. There's still a concern that somebody may be asymptomatic. And there's going to be a little bit of hesitancy or some people might feel comfortable, but This might not apply to you, but I really want to make sure that I'm equipping you all out there to really start considering, are you planning for this new normal? Because things aren't going to go back to normal. It's going to be some adjustments, some changes because of the fact that COVID hasn't disappeared. People are still concerned and people just might move a little differently versus the comfortability that happened prior to. It's funny because every time I watch a TV show and I see crowds of people or something that I'm watching, for some reason, I'm automatically thinking like social distancing, but then I have to remember, A, this is a movie, B, this movie was shot months ago or years ago, but I've been so pretty much conditioned to always have a mask on and to social distance and to move a different way that even when I see people close together, even in a in a movie, that's not even reality, I'm like, whoa, they don't have a mask on. Then I'm like, Aisha, this is just a movie. So, and and that's why I'm saying like, there's a change, right? Because how we, we are shifting, like I can't go out without a mask. I can't, there's been moments where I forgot and thank goodness I had a backup in the glove compartment, but there's just a different level of requirement now. So one of the first areas that I really want us to consider that everyone is probably concerned about is safety and security. And again, all of this might not apply to you because some people just don't really, they have different feelings about what is going on externally. But one of the first things that a lot of people are considering, what are the going to be the safety and the security measures that you have within your workspace? And that's something that you have to communicate, just like school districts have to do it and come up with a plan. What kind of plan do you have for your team? What kind of assessments have you done to make sure people are safe and secure? For instance, do you have anybody on your team that might be potentially more at risk than others? I know I have a business partner of mine that has a team member that has some type of ailment that leads them or could potentially mean that they are more prevalent to 
you know, things like COVID because of this immune disorder that they have. So that's one of the things have you even considered to ask? And that's why it's so important that we build relationships and we have an understanding and a somewhat of a, a, a closeness, but professionally to our team members, because you might not even realize that this person has this issue until, you know, around this time. And yes, of course, they're not required to share any medical information from you or anything of that sort. However, that's something you want to consider. If I have a team member that might be more likely to, or is, is more prevalent to, because of their immune system issues or whatever it is, have I considered what precautions I'm going to create for them, depending on the workspace that they have and really finding out in regards to what are the legalities is there some medical paperwork that they need to bring in? What specifically do they need so you can inform them ahead of time? So when you're drafting your email, because this is really going to be the communication-based aspect, when you're drafting up your email, you hopefully can create an email that pretty much answers all questions, or if you want to create an additional frequently asked questions or have someone within the workplace they can refer to in HR or so on, that they can ask these questions to. These are things that you can think about when you're putting out that information to make sure that, okay, I know that I'm prepared to let everyone know that, okay, this is how we're going to move forward. So again, find out from your team members if anybody has anything that makes them more prevalent to possibly catching COVID and so on. The next thing is to start thinking about what kind of protective measures do you have or are going to be implemented within the workplace? Has your leadership, if this isn't your business specifically, or if it is, are you going to create a process where people can come in and clean and do the sanitation aspect? Maybe how often that it might be required for you to ensure that the the atmosphere and the space is you know, it's pretty much safe. So considering things like that and then putting out that dialogue, hey, we have someone that's going to come in every two weeks to make sure that they sanitize and they clean and ensure. And we know that your your health is important to us. So this is how we plan on doing that. So consider that. And of course, you know, always consistently making sure that you're checking the CDC. What is the governor doing? What is the uh, what is your state doing to really address this issue and making sure that is the power that you have with your leadership team to identify how you're going to move forward. Because essentially, if it's your business, you can move forward however it makes sense. If you think that moving forward with continuing in the aspect of teleworking and it's been working so far, then move forward with that. If you think that, okay, you're going to do half and half, then move forward. But it's so important that you create a plan ahead of time and start considering because safety and security is going to be one of those hot areas that a lot of team members are going to be considering. What your plan is, what are you going to do to make sure that you are protecting them because they want to feel protected too. There's so many adjustments that we'll make for our clients, but we won't make for our team members. And we don't want to do that. We want to make our team members feel like they're just as important as the clients. So what protection measures are there for the team members? What kind of regulations are put out there by the state, by the local government, by the CDC? And making sure that you're checking that and also maintaining those standards. It's going to be so important if someone comes in and they're not maintaining the standards. What is your accountability process going to be if a team member comes to you and they're saying, Hey, so-and-so, you put out there that we should wear a mask every day, but so-and-so is only wearing it half of the day. What are you going to do? How are you going to address it? Are you going to be like, ah, that's no big deal. He's sitting all the way over there, but you might have a concerned team member or it might turn into something that they just continuously feel 
feel comfortable about doing. But whatever your standards are, essentially, how are you going to make sure that you ensure people comply? And if they don't, what is your accountability process going to look like? Is there going to be a warning process? Is there going to be, okay, we need to have a direct contact conversation and we have to document it right away. So really come up with that. First thing you want to consider safety and security and identifying and coming up with the plan to address that because that is the number one concern about a lot of individuals that are returning back to work or even to school. But what about those who can't work from home? Of course, it's easy for white collar workers who can work online to say, don't work here, work at home. It's very different that, that if you're working in a restaurant and you're serving somebody their meal, vastly different. You can't work at home. These people that are keeping things going, at least with a semblance of, of normality, are really our heroes. For many other companies, the return to the physical office, whenever it happens, may not be full time. According to a recent survey, 49% of Americans say they would feel comfortable returning to their regular routine today, which is up from 41% in May. 50% say they would not feel comfortable, down from 58% in May. And of those 50%, a majority say they won't be able to resume their regular routines at all this year. But for those who will be returning, what might you find when you get there? Some adjustments you're going to make. Again, you're creating another new normal. How are you making sure that you're communicating that and what kind of things should you consider? So one of the first things you want to consider are the workspaces. Where does everybody sit? Like one of the organizations I worked at, it was a cubicle city. So there were, you know, these partitions and these kind of like cubicle-ish walls that were up. So pretty much the distance from everyone, everyone was pretty much covered. Of course, there wasn't nothing over the top of us, but we were distanced because we were all, all in our own, own little cubicle. But I have worked in spaces where it's, it's a lot of cubicles, but it might be five or six people sitting around each other. So if that is the case, how are you going to make adjustments in the work workspace if you decide, okay, we need to make sure we maintain social distancing? Who is going to move where? Where are you going to place everybody? What kind of shifts and adjustments can you make within the workspace so people can still ensure that they're sitting comfortably in a place that works for them, but also in a space where... Again, you want to maintain certain type of regulations to keep them safe. So consider the workspaces, go in, do an assessment, make some changes, maybe reach out to a professional. Maybe they can come out and offer some suggestions. But if you want to maintain that, just consider the workplace. Another thing, the work from home aspect. Is this something you want to incorporate on a regular basis? My organization, it worked for us. It worked very good. And we actually have been talking about maintaining that. Now, it might not necessarily be every day, but it might be twice a week, three times a week, giving us that you know balance there. But we were able to do it. So now that's something they want to implement. I know that I believe it's Twitter. Twitter, he incorporated that and says, okay, and definitely my team members have the choice to either come into the office or... They they can just work from home because it works. So that's something you want to consider. Did it work for you? And then if it didn't, ask why it didn't work. You always want to consider why it didn't work. Yes, it could be because of that team member just not necessarily doing their part, but essentially what didn't work? Was it some systems upgrades? Was it some, some things that maybe wasn't effective that hopefully you change while under COVID, right? Because I've been teleworking since March, but what kind of things didn't work and then why didn't that work? So consider that. 
If you have to make a workspace adjustments, okay. If you have to say that so-and-so, um, we have a lot of people sitting next to each other. So maybe we have half the staff come in, you know, and they rotate and then the other half works from home. But if you do that, what works, what didn't work and what kind of adjustments can you make? The next area is client interaction. How have you been interacting with your client? Now, going back to the workspace, going back to another new normal, do you want to maintain that? Maybe you identify that virtual was very beneficial. You might have some clients that enjoy face-to-face. However, really determine how that's going to look moving forward until things, you know, there's officially a vaccine and there's something out there that you know, starts to make a lot of these restrictions kind of be a little bit more lax um, and essentially they'll go away or whatnot. But what is that client inter- client interaction going to look like? How are you going to move forward with that where you can still maintain good relationships, continue to build upon those revenue and those client relationships, but also considering how are you going to proceed moving forward with certain type of stipulations and regulations that you are going to incorporate? The next thing is business practices. Are your hours going to change? Are you going to make adjustments in, um, again, we were talking about how clients, so if they come into the office, or come into your building, are you going to create, you know, you go to a lot of stores and they have stand here. So they have like these pieces of tape out or they have something that says, you know, social distancing sign here or excuse me, stand here. So start considering what kind of business practices are going to change, what kind of dialogue needs to go out. And then once you identify all those things, you want to make sure that's communicated to your team members. You might literally need to have a new type of training to kind of get them acclimated to the change or not even training, but just a heads up. Okay, moving forward, this is how we plan on doing this X, Y, and Z. Because again, a lot of the things that we're talking about now, you probably already implemented during COVID. However, you want to just reiterate it and say, okay, as we're going to this second phase, this third phase, this fourth phase, this is how it's going to look. Have that all call and make sure everyone is there and you're preparing them and you're letting letting them know how everything's going to move forward. If there's any computer training that you can give them, or if there are people that can't hop on if it's something you can record and distribute essentially make sure you communicate those adjustments so people know what's going on you would hate it where if someone comes in and they weren't aware that they're supposed to have their mask on oh well no one ever told me that I felt that because of what you know this this out here they said um in in the state or the state guidelines you don't have to wear a mask because there are some places where they said hey it's not going to be enforced but it's up to that business to determine if they want to ensure everyone has a mask on or not and some places says no every business you need to have it but just make sure you're communicating these adjustments so everyone is aware and when they come in they come in well equipped with that information and that knowledge and again come up with the plan b if people can't make it how can you distribute it is it an email you can send out could you record the train and then distribute it out to everyone and then make sure everybody responds back or do a voting button and make sure that everybody did the training, watch the training. So you know that everybody that you submitted this information to within that work workforce, that, that um, team is aware of the changes. So maybe really think about that. What kind of adjustments need to happen? How are you going to communicate that? And how are you going to confirm that every single one of your team members are aware? So when they come in, back into the workspace or how you transition to this next phase, everybody is in compliance. Don't go anywhere. Stay right here for the other half of this message. That'll be back to you in one second. 
Have you checked out my new YouTube series, You Need Leadership Development? If you haven't, go check it out. Click the link in the show notes because this is really walking you through why you need to grow personally and professionally as a leader because we're not just leading in the workspace. We're also leading ourselves. We're also leading in our households. So make sure you guys check that out and get the tools and the strategies you need to be an effective leader 360. Again, find that information in the show notes and get plugged in to how to take your leadership to another level. Real estate company Cushman and Wakefield understands it goes beyond just physically going into the office. Physically, you're going back to the same building and the same workstation, but but the environment that you came from um, is going to be very different. That's something companies understand, many already adapting. Huge, huge focus on the individual journey of each person and making sure um, it, it's a safe and it's a, it's, it's a healthy experience, um, reducing the number of touch points, de-densifying spaces, um, and then providing an environment where people feel relaxed and able to be sort of, sort of productive. But even with all those changes, Corcoran says vast corporate office space and campuses may be a thing of the past. The people who finance office space are in for a day of reckoning. Uh, because no way is the office space ever going to be what it was before. Now, the last step in this process is stay connected. Yes, stay connected. So you do decide to maintain a, a virtual type of means and a telework kind of means to, you know, moving forward and say this is something you're going to do until the end of the year. Make sure that you're still staying connected and you're staying plugged in because, again, interacting and engagement to our team members, with our team members is highly important. Even again, if you are the CEO, engaging with your leaders is so important. So you want to continue, and I want to reiterate, make sure that you have been staying connected with individuals, checking on them, asking them, how is your family? There's something meaningful to people when they feel like you care and they matter. So what kind of process have you instilled that you want to maintain where you're still checking in? Even if you go back to the workplace, what kind of processes are you making, taking in place to make sure that you're still staying connected? Because just because individuals are now back in the workplace, it doesn't, mean, it doesn't mean that they feel comfortable. It doesn't mean that everything at home is going okay because now that their children are going back, maybe there's some stressors there. So staying connected is going to be so important so you can continue to check the pulse of your team. Do they feel comfortable? Are there any issues or concerns? How is everybody kind of adjusting right now to this another phase, this new phase that we're in. So make sure you're staying connected to the people that are coming back into the office or again, transitioning. Also the people that maybe you had to let go, maybe the people that you, that unfortunately were furloughed during this time, have you been staying connected with them or was it, okay, we'll get back to you and let you know if you're coming back. Oh, we'll get back to you and let you know if we have a space for you, but stay connected to those people because essentially if you do ever plan on bringing them back, at least they feel like during that time, you checked in on them. Same thing as I mentioned with people who are returning. Do you care? When you reach out and say, hey, uh, we, we have a spot for you. Do you want to reapply or do you want to come back? They might be like, well, you didn't even check or care how I was doing while I was gone. And you might think, man, why is this such a big deal? But people do want to really know that you care, that they feel that they matter, their role means something. So even those people that are furloughed, maybe there are people that you had to let go or let, or you inform them that you will let them know once 
you guys went to this new phase, how everything's going, actually make sure you follow through with that because people are paying attention to how you're treating them during this season as well. So don't forget the people who got fired. Don't don't forget the people who, and again, I won't even say fired, but you have to let go because of the current situation. And just make sure that you're just paying attention to them because if you do want to get them back, they might really pay attention and, and assess how you stayed in connection with them and if you truly care about them because that matters to a lot of team members. The next thing is gather feedback from both the returning and even individuals that are furloughed. Ask them, how was this experience for you? What could we have done better? Was our communication on point? Was it not that great? What could we have put out there? What kind of training could we have provided? Could we have connected with you guys more? What could we do to improve? Feedback is going to be so essential in this season because you want to continue to progress and get better during this time. So what is your source of collecting feedback? Are you going to create something virtual or some virtual survey you can send out? Are you going to maybe have a session where you bring everyone together and you get their input? Are you going to hand it off to the individual manager? or team members, and you're going to have them distribute something so you can collect that. But find out the best way because feedback is going to be so important to figure out on the other side. I call it hosting your own roast. What could you have done better? What worked? Because you might hear that everything you did was great and that's exactly what you want to hear. But even the things that you might consider negative or might not necessarily be that that positive or you know, you want to consider it being a good thing because it is positive if essentially is going to make your organization better, your company better, your team better, how you lead better. So feedback, feedback, feedback is going to be very important. And really asking what worked. Did I communicate? What worked? When we got back in, was there clear direction? Remember we talked about how you want to highlight the adjustments and the safety and security. Make sure that feedback that you're collecting is not something you just do day one. But okay, five weeks in, is it time for another check-in? Six months in, is there another time for check-in? And really making sure that within that year, you're considering different pockets of time that you want to collect feedback to, again, continue to adjust, adapt, make adjustments, and then finding out if the adjustments that you made have worked until you find a good rhythm again. So that's a really good way to let team members know and make them feel that their opinion matters, that they're being heard, and that you actually care about their opinion because as they're giving it to you, whatever makes sense, whatever is beneficial, that is being implemented and now is benefiting the morale of the team because because man, my voice matters. I looked at a, a study recently that talked about that, that a lot of employees that are in spaces where they are told and informed that their opinion matters and it's asked for, they feel more comfortable. They feel safe and secure, right? I know I mentioned that earlier, but when people are in spaces where they aren't allowing their voice to be heard, and that's not something that is necessarily vetted for or asked for, a lot of team members feel like they're not an asset to the team or they want to be, or they might feel like they're an asset for the team, but they don't think that you see it. So now this again affects morale. And then this might get them to look elsewhere, somewhere that they feel that cares about them, feels that they're an asset, will let them know that. And also will allow them to be in that democratic work environment where 
input from everyone matters. And of course, as leaders, sometimes we have to make those executive decisions. It is what it is. However, we want to make sure we're staying connected and we're checking in with individuals to find out how they're doing, how their families are doing, making the necessary adjustments to support them if, if possible, gathering feedback, finding out what worked and didn't work, what kind of adjustments you needed to make, maybe what the organization needed to make to make this process go a lot better. So all this, a lot of this is tied to communication. That has been the theme of all this. It's about communicating and asking questions. And by doing that and letting people know what's going on, then again, that trust is going to be there because trust is so important. We want to make sure our team members can trust us. We want to make sure that they feel welcome, like we care. So trust is going to be a huge factor of motivation. They feel motivated now that, okay, I'm saying that this is the issue and things are changing. And then, of course, that's going to benefit productivity. That's going to benefit loyalty and people wanting to stay there because you've heard them. You've made the adjustments and you are having that two-way communication as you go through this process. So I hope that information helped. Um, of course, go back and replay it, share with anybody that might need that information. Um, and again, next week, we're going to be back with some other special guests. But please make sure you write this information down, share it to fellow leaders, because a lot of people are transitioning back effectively or going into this new phase effectively. And we want to make sure that we consider the retention rates and the, the productivity rates and really just making sure that essentially we are taking care of our team members. Why? Because individuals don't typically quit the organization. They typically quit the leader. So let's become trendsetting leaders and make sure that we communicate and make the best adjustments that's going to benefit not just the client, but most importantly, our team members. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are Speak Fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. <laughs> <laughs> Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow. Speak fire. Speakfire.com. Speakfire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces. I want to shout out all my faithful listeners for tuning in every week. And don't forget to follow me on social media at Miss Aisha Speaks on all platforms. That's M S A I S H A Speaks. And don't forget to like and subscribe, turn your notifications on, and leave a comment if this podcast has blessed you in any kind of way. I thank you for all your support. Many blessings to you.